Welcome to another segment of BuddyCast. I'm here with my new buddy, Matt. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well, thank you. And you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. For those of you who don't know, let's tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a magician, mm-hmm. but let's tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, so magician and comedian, I guess, combined. I started off, you know, in comedy clubs, working there. So, um you know, sort of a blend of comedy and magic together. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to never have had a job. So since I was 16 years old, I've been performing. Uh, and I work on cruise ships and uh, corporate events until March. <laughs> and mm-hmm. since March, I've been at home gardening and reorganizing my garage. Awesome. Now, I'm going to admit, I did a little research on here. But I okay. see... My record is clean now. All that was expunged. <laughs> Uh, and nothing you can't explain or nothing that hasn't been settled over a legal court, you know? No, no. If you got money, you can pay off anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I did see, however, you were on Penn & Teller. Yes. What a great I- experience that was. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Um, so if you don't know, I guess, uh, I can't imagine there's anybody certainly in the variety world who doesn't know Penn and Teller's Fool Us anymore, but for those who maybe don't know, magicians are invited to come on the show and uh, perform one trick and try and fool Penn and Teller. Uh, I did not fool Penn and Teller. No big surprise there. Captain mm-hmm. Talentless. Um, but it was a great experience. I've done lots of TV in my career and I would say it was probably the best television experience I've ever had. They treat everybody like stars. Uh, and more importantly, Penn and Teller treat other magicians like equals, which is a huge big deal. Like, it's really nice to walk out on stage and have your, it's also intimidating to walk out on stage and have your heroes sort of there in front of you. Um, but it's nice to have them talk to you and be nice and generous and uh, production is great. And, uh, you know, every last bit of it is treated really well. And Mike Close uh, and Johnny Thompson were the magic consultants on the show of the year. I did it in season three. Now I think it's just Mike Close. Um, but, you know, they're both geniuses. They know an awful lot about magic. So it's really nice to have their eyes on your work. And it's uh, nice to have somebody come on and give you advice about your set, tighten it up uh, and change things. I mean, there's always going to be problems with television. It's the nature of it. But Boy, what a great experience all around. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tape that actually helped uh, move my career forward. I'm, I'm endlessly thankful. I wish there was some way to, to thank Penn & Teller because, like, it, it's a life-changing thing to be on that show. Just to have the tape for promotional purposes is one thing. Another thing is to have the victory of a nice quote from Penn. And, um, yeah, just what that show – I always say to comedians who don't quite understand magic, you know, I say to them, it's like for, this is for magicians, like being on Carson for comedians. It's like that. It's like getting Ed Sullivan or Carson. It's a big deal. So lots of pressure and lots of fun. And it's great to hang out with all the other magicians, of course, too, in Vegas, who doesn't want to hang out in Vegas. So yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's just a great thing. I wish I had fooled them, but to be honest with you, it's not all that important to fool them. I think they really want to promote good, solid magic that is enjoyable. Um, it's nice if you could fool them, but I didn't really go on expecting that I would. So um, I just wanted to do good work and get a good tape out of it too. You know, to promote, that's a promotional tape I could never afford to uh, put together myself. So yeah, I, I'm super thankful. And if ever uh, Penn or Teller were to see this, I would say thank you so much because uh, you really did uh, make my life an awful lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure to reach out to them if I ever find them. Yeah, yeah, we have some friends in common, but um, probably yeah. not. You know, I'm sure Teller has probably heard a thousand people say this show has changed my, or I guess probably 250 magicians. Yeah. Like, it's changed every magician's life who's been on that show. 
It's just it airs all over the world. It creates opportunities, and yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, other programs that you've been on that aired around the world include Comedy Central, Hulu, Netflix. What were those like? Some of them were great. Some of them were bad. Like, um, <laughs> I was just talking to someone the other day, and I posted some video from a show I did in the '90s called uh, Comedy at Club Fifty Four, and I was only in my early twenties then. And that show also was career changing in some ways. It was my first national TV show and I got it in my early twenties, but the material sucks so bad. I, I bought one of those machines that can uh, transfer VHS to DVD or to, to digital. And so I did that. I transferred a whole bunch of spots over uh, from the show that, I, that that show club 54. And I just went, wow, the material is so bad, but like all bad sets on TV, it follows you around like a bad penny. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still, it still airs. It still airs. Like I think uh, the comedy network, I'm almost positive still airs it. Uh, but then I've done other things that are, uh, there was a show, a favorite show of mine called um, Offstage with Ward Anderson. Ward is a comedian based in Toronto and he's had a lot of television success and radio success on XM radio. Um, but he has a show that interviews uh, comedians and it's very, very rare. People maybe don't understand this, but it's very rare for magicians, even if they're comedy magicians and have come up in comedy clubs like I did, it's still very rare for them to get television um, interviews or spots on comedy shows for a host of reasons, which I probably don't need to get into, but it is rare. So it was super nice that Ward afforded me that opportunity. And uh, it was a great debate. It was a clean versus dirty show. I was sort of advocating for clean. Another comic who's also a friend of mine, Darren Frost, was advocating for dirty. And it was really great. But the point is, um, you know, it, it, it airs on, I think, Hulu and Amazon Prime, maybe Netflix, I can't recall. I think Netflix as well. Um, so that's like another platform that uh, has been afforded to me. Like I've been really lucky show business un- until March one show business was very generous to me. <laughs> now let's talk about that a little bit. We all know what you're referring to there with the whole COVID impact. Oh yeah. It has been, you know what though? I was saying, I've been saying all along, you know, I've been sort of lamenting the zoom shows and, uh, I've been missing, I perform a lot on Holland America Cruise Lines, and um, I've been missing that a lot. I miss the travel. I love to travel, and I love the shows and the theaters, and I miss my friends who are now from all over the world. So there is that, but there has been some unintended positive consequences, too. Like, I hang out with my son way more now. We do lots of cool, interesting things almost every day. That's been great. Um, I miss the money. <laughs> Everybody misses the money, um, but yeah, it's you know it's been hard. But creatively, interestingly, you won't see it today. But uh, creatively, it's been good for my act. I think I was I used to say that I was doing the best work of my career, and then COVID stopped the momentum of that. Like my last show was at Marvin's Magic Dinner Theater, the one that Jeff Hobson hosts and books. And uh, I just sort of thought, well, if I leave that gig. And I don't do another one if COVID ends at all. You know, I was performing with uh, good friends and it was nice to hang out with Hobson and the shows were great. And I just thought that's a good way to end it. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then I sort of crested the hump of depression and I started writing material. And now I'm sort of, because I don't have shows, I'm not creating material for an audience anymore. I'm not dumping them. I'm just coming up with stuff that I really want to do, like more than I ever did. So we'll see if that translates to anything real, but I'm, I'm happy with the work. Like I have time to do it now and I have time to clean my garage. And other Ooh, that's always a plus back onto my, my ham radio uh, setup out in the garage too, which is also fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could I be more nerdy? No. no. 
Yeah, we don't mind at all. So you mentioned turn the world a little bit, like on cruise ships and all that. Mm -hmm. I see that you've also done some uh, some work in multiple countries. For sure have, yeah. Uh, sometimes for like the Canadian military and the American military have both been super generous to me. So, uh, you know, just recently, you know, but what do we call BC before COVID? Uh, BC, I was... Um, you know, like I went to Catania, Italy to perform on a Canadian naval ship and I've been to Kuwait and Afghanistan and a bunch of other places. And, uh, you know, I've done tours in, in uh, Korea, like like many magicians, I, I suppose, you know, most of my friend group have all done these kind of things, I guess. So, um, well, my non-entertainer friends will ask me things like, you know, wow, what's it like performing for all these people? And, and you know, it's always great. People are wonderful and, and nice to be in different cultures. Um, my performer friends are more like, so when you were in Peru, did you go to the place with the ceviche, that place down by the water? Because it's like, so it's just two different things, right? The acts all talk about uh, food. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what the and what the performing conditions are like everybody wants to know what the gig is like and then um you know the, the, the sort of lay public the actual public are more interested in in uh things i guess the rest of us take for granted so i'm trying really hard to remember that stuff and to not take it for granted because it should never be it's a real gift to have been invited to perform in these places and i'm trying to exercise a little more thankfulness hmm. that's a beautiful answer it's beautiful how you're always trying to look on the positive side of it you know Try, I'm trying to. I, I my ex-wife <laughs> used to say that uh, I live under a cloud of negativity, so I have tried really hard to change that. She's not my ex-wife; she's just my ex. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I've tried to change that a little bit because I my default position can be negative, but I'm trying really hard not to do that. And I have really positive friends, like friends who try to keep me positive, entertainers, and are, are helpful that way. So that's that's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, one positive is when you win an award. So what about, what about that? I see you're an award-winning comedian and magician. Uh, yeah. There was one I remember that I won. It was like the Synergy something award in the, like the early, I don't even know who the guys that was cool for him, but I thought it was like maybe mid-90s or late-90s. So I win this award, and I thought, I don't even really know this guy. And I don't know much about the award at the time. And then I thought, uh, well, that's a good uh, thing. You got to put that on your, you know, always make a mountain out of the molehill. So uh, let's use this as a thing. And then uh, Canadian, Com I was nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award. My friend, Ooh. one of my friends, Minnie Holmes. Do you know Minnie? I don't, but. Uh... She's a comedian from Toronto, but she now lives in New York. She's very funny. Hmm. And um, the Canadian Comedy Awards comes up. And uh, one year I, I get nominated, one year I don't. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't get nominated for the award you nominated yourself for. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know, no massive awards. Like, uh, I wish there are some awards I wish I won. But really, at the end of the day, awards don't really matter, I think, as long as you're doing quality of work that you like and you're putting out stuff that you like and you don't feel like you're dumping uh, your act, you know, as long as you're happy with it. I, I don't really care what anybody thinks really I, I there's like three acts i care what they think of my work and the rest i don't care <laughs> so <laughs> just the way that goes i'd much rather travel you know there you go you'd much rather do the work than be recognized for the work i just i mean isn't that why any of us got into show business right? mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't think it's funny because people are like oh, i'm going broke and it's horrible it's really bad but i kind of sometimes think well nobody got into show business assuming they were going to be wealthy or or even famous I just think 
they got into it because they really love it. you don't go into this full time unless you really love it and you have something you want to say or do with the work so yeah that's all i really want to do i know it's easier said than, than done and sometimes you gotta you gotta dump to you know certain things to to work in certain places but really if you don't love it why would you do it and so money awards any of those kind of things just don't really matter much to me oddly enough i think people would like to have the respect of their peers i don't even know if i care that so so much but i really there's like three friends i sort of go man uh, whatever i do with my act i'll run it by them and if they like it and say it's good then i'm happy with that everybody else yeah let's go meet for shawarma and hang out exactly exactly now do you have any feel-good stories from your performances like anyone that you've met that has left an impact on you or oh great question um i guess a couple like as i say i perform on cruise ships quite often and uh the author of a, of a children's book was on the ship and she left a really nice note for me at the front desk saying you know wants to come up with a story about my work and really enjoyed it and left me a copy of the book and signed it for my son which was nice and then that's that which is great which is great and then that same week i get a random message uh, you can't just call entertainers cabins you have to uh you know leave a note at front desk so i get this note that says um saw you walking saw your show really enjoyed it blah 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 and then said saw you walking across the pool wearing a thundercat shirt because I'm a giant nerd, uh, and he wanted to talk to me. And he's like, I'll be in Alito at such and such a time. Well, it turns out I find a guy, I talk to him, and he's really nerdy like me. He likes Transformers and video games, and he worked on American McGee's Alice, uh, a video game I used to love to play. So talked to him all week, and then uh, that was it. I was really happy. And then he wrote an email to me saying that uh, he had been diagnosed with, like, stage four cancer, he was tooling up on the end. And he was uh, really thankful to, he was interested in magic and he loved hearing the story. And he was just happy to find another nerd to to talk to. And I thought, well, if, if magic got me nothing else, if magic only got me the ability to be in front of him and make his life cool and his vacation that much better for a week, I've done the job, don't need an award, you know, that's it. And then I, Probably went off drinking. <laughs> you know, just feeling a little sad for the guy. Um, yeah, like that's to me that heartwarming. Like that's the whole point of this, right? Is to share your work and to interact with people and engage with them. So that's great for me. That's great. Mm-hmm. What's a magician or a comedian without his fans? You know? Yeah. Well, nothing as it turns out right now. <laughs> the fans are still there. They're super supportive. Like if I did a show in my hometown of Brampton, Ontario, just a little north of Toronto. If I did a show now, I bet you they would come out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's the right time. I'm still sort of wrestling with that idea. But it is nice that the fans who follow you and who are, are keen on your work will come out. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a six-month break. I hope they'll forgive my rustiness. <laughs> because when I, I booked a comedy club for September, and I, uh, I'm i actually starting to worry a little bit. I go, wow, I, I've been off stage for a while. So nowhere to nowhere to work out yet. So Hey, Mark Sinodinos, I'm sorry. You're the guy who I'm working out at. Well, they call it just one fair reason, you know? Yeah, no, no, it'll be, it'll be fine. I like Mark. This, I chose this club because of its perfectness. Uh, low ceilings, very cold atmosphere, cool in the room, and uh, no distractions. He is, Mark, the guy who owns it, is a comedian himself, so he understands everything about comedy clubs and how to run a good one. So... You know, you couldn't ask for a better situation to go back into work. Uh, mm-hmm. Better that than going to work some one-nighter in Regina the first time where there's, you know, a bunch of drunks 
angry or whatever. I'd much rather go back to a nice place. And Mark runs a killer club. It's called, if you're interested, anybody's watching, it's called Showtime Comedy in um, St. Catharines. I think St. Catharines or maybe Niagara Falls. I don't know what the dividing line is. I think it's St. Catharines, but it's Showtime Comedy. And uh, it's just a great club. So I'm, hey, there you go. Look at that. Yep. But they got Showtime Comedy. It's a great comedy club. So it's worth going to. Uh, see. Mm -hmm. Another comedy club you're going to have to check out is the one in my hometown here in Erie, Pennsylvania. They just renamed it. It's a magic and a comedy club called Keller's. Oh, I've heard of that. I yeah. think my friends Jeff and Tessa Everson are supposed to be performing there or were supposed to be performing there. Ooh. Um, yeah. I have to ask Jeff and Tess. I don't know. Um, yeah. The bad I just involved them in some booking they didn't even know they were a part of. Uh, but I think I've heard of it through them and others. It sounds great. Have yeah. you been? Have you been? Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm almost a regular there right now. It was just a comedy club. And I actually know the owner very well. His name's Bobby Borgia. Oh, cool. Okay. So you uh, you get to perform there sort of. You have walk. Hey. Right? Perform. You can just sort of perform. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. my dream one day to be on that stage, you know. Yeah. It's, oh, that's, I'll look it up. I'll look it up online and yeah. see it. And, uh, I'll be yeah. sure to call Jeff. Everson right after this and apologize for, for <laughs> assuming that he's working a place he may not. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they just redid it. They just renamed it Keller's after Harry Keller, mm -hmm. who's from my hometown, Erie. Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. well, secret here. Uh, history's a little lacking. Clearly. Yeah. Um, Harry Keller actually trained under who or I think Harry Keller trained Houdini, if I'm correct. Um, you know what? I, uh, I love to read magic books and I'm a fan of history, but uh, yeah. I'm not entirely sure about that, which is shameful and sad. But I've been off work for five months and so I haven't thought about it. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, it's going to be really interesting. I can feel it. Um, I like how they're infusing both comedy and magic, you know, they're being at a comedy club at the same time. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's add in some more venue with magicians. Contrary to popular belief, the two actually complement each other. Uh, if it's a certain style and a certain, uh, I always say that within the within the the scheme of a comedy show, a stand up comedy show, if you if you have magic in the middle, it can throw off the rhythm of the room. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole show can be thrown off because magic is a different beat than stand up comedy, and so that's why a lot of comics don't like following magic because it takes a long time to bring the audience back on another beat. But uh, if you do it in the right way and you put magic in the right place in the show, yeah, it can be really powerful people love to laugh and people love to be amazed so it's a nice it's a one-two punch if you get it right it's great mm -hmm. and people love it when you do a magic trick but you add the comedy into it you know yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly right exactly right if you can yeah. do that you're golden uh it's just yeah you know some magicians are not <clears throat> some magicians are not uh funny and that's cool too but uh if they're i don't know if their place is necessarily in a comedy club but then again Hermosa Beach Comedy and Magic Club oftentimes has, uh, you know, always has a magic middle spot and not always funny. So sometimes guys are, uh, or sometimes acts are, are, you know, straight magic and sometimes they think they're funny and they're not. <laughs> Whatever. There's always magic. It's, like, it's just like the comedian. There's some comedians that think they're funny and it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, you, you hear that leveled, that criticism leveled a lot at uh, comedy magicians, especially that they're oftentimes hacky. And so, and that's true. It's true. There are a ton of hacky comedy magicians, but there are also a ton of hacky comedians. So you want to compare apples to apples. So, you know, if you look at the, the really original, interesting comedy magicians, then you could compare it to the original uh, comedians and vice versa. Uh, 
but yeah, it's just the way it goes. I think there's always probably going to be crappy hacks everywhere and every stripe. And it's just, it's just unfortunate that uh, all tarred with the same brush in comedy. Yeah. Comedy magic seems to get that, but I, I do understand why I wrote a blog post about it and it seemed to go a little viral. So it's a touchy subject for a lot of uh, comedians and magicians and uh, probably should not have brought that up. <laughs> I'll be in trouble now. Yep. So I mentioned feel-good stories earlier. What mm -hmm. about funny stories? I'm sure you got a boatload of them. Of funny stories? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sort of, it's weird. Uh, there's two comedians in Canada who have uh, pooped themselves on stage and myself, I'm one of them. So that seems to be a story that comes up quite often in the media. But, um, you know, a lot of my funny stories on stage are, aside from pooping yourself, you don't want to do that. <laughs> No, no one should ever hold the mic and go, my God, I think I crap myself. Um, so aside from that, I feel like uh, all the, you know, the, the funny stories happen sort of backstage with the other acts. Those are the ones that really stick with me. I, I, I don't remember things other than that, but hanging out with the other acts and so forth, that's a big deal to me. And that's where all the, that's where all the laughs are often generated. It's always offstage hanging out in the bar or something with the other acts or in the airport. But uh, those stories are not always uh, good to be shared. <laughs> Not publicly, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Just to avoid some legal issues and all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to keep your friends if you can help it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions that I always ask my buddies who come on the show. The first one is, if you had, if you could choose a charity for our audience to donate to, what would it be? Um. So, I... I do. I mean, I donate to charities, but I think I, I always say this to people right now. I think it is best to, uh, you know, we live in an age where um, media is all over the place and there's not a lot of quality of reporting. So I choose to generate uh, or donate my, my money to uh, media. So I donate and I would urge everyone to do to donate to a democracy now. It's a great news outlet, balanced reporting, wins journalism awards all over the place. And I have a huge crush on Amy Goodman, the host. So there's that. Uh, so I, I, I always say that's like a place to donate your money. It's it's worthy. It really is worthy, and it's an excellent news source. It's fair and balanced, and no um, no media or uh, no no like corporate advertising in it. So it keeps it balanced. It's good. And Amy is a fantastic um, uh, journalist herself, and not in her own way. Awesome. And now it's time for what I call the ultimate buddy, buddy cast question. The ultimate one. Yep. Which is, if you had any advice to give to a performer, such as a magician or a comedian, what would it be? Um, well, I always try to tell people, I guess the two things I say the most are try to be original and of yourself. Do work that interests you. And if you're looking at doing this full time, I say go for it. If you're young, go for it. And then I always say that uh, around 27, if you haven't made it to whatever sort of level you think is a career, if you, you know, you're not generating enough money, um, I get out, get out and do it part-time. There's no shame in being a part-time comedian or magician. In fact, the greatest contributions to both arts have been from part-time people. So I, I hate to see acts that have followed this down the path uh, just sort of getting by and then come the end of their career or the middle, they go, Oh my God, I'm not making enough money. And it's a real struggle. And I don't, I, I don't like to see that. I don't want to see somebody deprived of the, uh, you know, the luxury really of like a pension benefits, all these things. So um, 
But at the same time, if you really want to do this full time, I also say that uh, nothing's going to stop you. I could tell you a million ways from Sunday, all the reasons not to do this full time. And if you're going to do this, if you want it bad enough, you're going to do it. It's sort of like in comedy clubs when I started, I think people would, uh, other comics would really uh, harp on you, really hack on your act and tell you you're no good. And I've heard some terrible things. And the thinking was, I don't know if it's true or I don't know if it's accurate or not. I don't know if it's the best practice, but the thinking was um, if he wants this bad enough, if he's good enough, he'll come back and keep working. He'll just keep, he'll come back at it. You can't be soft. And um, yeah, maybe there's a bit of that going on too, but I still, I do try, like, I just don't like to see people go broke. I've seen so many entertainers go broke over the years when you could do great work and still earn a nice living and so forth. So go at it full time if you want. And uh, just, you know, at a certain level, check out, you know, if you haven't got to where you want to be 27, 28, whatever that age is, just go, I'm not. You know, I know, I know a lot of people will say, ah, people have been successful in their fifties and so forth. And I, and I, I get it. it can happen at any year, but uh, just to be mindful of that, but yeah, just the big advice is uh, be original, do material that you like and uh, try not to be like anybody else. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the real key. I think, I think. Mm -hmm. All righty. Now I got one more question. I asked this to all magicians that come on to my show. Sure. You, think you could do a little performance for us. Sure. I could do a trick for you. <laughs> and yeah. Oops. Where'd I go? There I am. Uh, it's really funny that you say, um, you know, we just talked about sort of originality and so forth. And uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, the, the trick I, I want to do for you right now is a trick that David Copperfield did on his one of his TV specials. And uh, it's so funny. I'm of the generation that grew up watching David Copperfield. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, lived through his shows every year. I wanted to be like Copperfield until I kind of found out that I not sexy like David Copperfield, and I cannot uh, vanish the Statue of Liberty like David Copperfield. It will not fit in my car or most venues. Um, and I can't dance, you know, it's terrible. But I used to love watching Copperfield specials. And uh, there's a certain swath of magicians who performed now uh, and then, and they, they just wanted to be so much like Copperfield. I think he's probably the most copied magician of all time. It <laughs> seems like that's the case. And uh, matter of fact, my generation is often referred to as copper kids. <laughs> kids are just so. Uh, the trick I'm going to show you is something I saw on um, David Copperfield's show, and I know the guy who invented the trick, and uh, I quite like it. And um, it's just one of those things. So I'm going to be David Copperfield again. My chance to, uh, you know, you can never buy one of Copperfield's uh, big illusions. So it's always nice to have something that uh, reminds you of him in a certain way, which I think is cool. I, uh, as I said, I traveled a fair bit and uh, I love collecting the money. I'm like Doc Brown in Back to the Future. I have a suitcase, like an actual suitcase full of a whole bunch of different bills. And um, I just like hanging on to them. So this one is from my favorite place, uh, Bermuda. I really love Bermuda. If you've not been to Bermuda after this COVID awfulness, I urge you to go. Bermuda is amazing. Uh, at any rate, it's a, uh, Bill from Bermuda there, some sort of a bird on it. I don't even know what kind, but I assume it to be a robin. I really don't know. As far as I'm concerned, the uh, the uh, the bird, the official the official bird of Bermuda is the dark and stormy drink. Uh, at any rate, I'm going to uh, take a little pencil here, insert the uh, pencil right about the center, right about there. Okay. Now this will be kind of a thing here. I'm going to show you what Copperfield did. Copperfield, one of the lines that every kid would know. Uh, Copperfield goes, you know, I use the pencil to prove. 
a point, and he rips, <laughs> and he rips the whole, he rips a little uh, out of the uh, the paper, and then Copperfield would say, "Look, you can see it right inside there." And he rips it, he rubs his fingers, and go, "Oh my God, I'm David Copperfield again." Wow. Um, is that? It's kind of a cool trick, isn't it? It's kind of an interesting thing. Copperfield would often say, "I'm used to standing up, but I'm, sitting down doing magic is not something I particularly love to do." Uh, although it's supposed to be one of the big things on Zoom, right? If you're a Zoom performer, everyone's like, oh, it's best to sit down. I don't like it. At any rate, Copperfield would say that uh, he would teach you how to do the trick, which I always thought was kind of a neat bruise. Uh, and you go, look, I'll show you the, uh, the pencil sits right inside the, uh, the bill. And then he would go watch as it melts right through. And then Copperfield would hand it all out for examination, hand the pencil out for examination. Everybody would uh, have a look at it. There'd be laughing. And Copperfield goes and collects his massive amounts of money, whereas I will sit here and go and uh, reorganize my garage. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm not, uh, it's funny, I'm used to, so used to working on stage that uh, close-up magic is not really one of my fortes anymore. I used to love it. And then I had a falling out with a magician who really, really put me off close-up magic for a really long time. And I was amazed how it sort of just destroyed my chops. Um, but it's getting, I'm coming back to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good trick. I love working on stage. That'll never die. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on BuddyCast. Yeah, no, no problem. Glad to, glad to be here, man. Yeah, most definitely. When if there's ever a time you have anything else for us, we'll love to have you back. So I will. I will use you to work out all my new material. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sounds good. I know you stick around for a little bit afterwards. We'll chat. I will for but, sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. For all my buddies out there, this was another episode of Buddy Cast. Thank you for joining us. And remember, like I always say, go be someone's buddy today. So we'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast.